Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. Hey everybody, Zach here. In this episode, Jordan and I had the great opportunity to sit down with Elder Jones. Elder Jones is an active serving missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as many of you know, a lot of missionaries from around the world have been sent home due to the concerns surrounding the coronavirus. And Elder Jones was one of them. In this episode, we talk about his time serving the people of Brazil and what he's doing to remain positive during these trying times. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome back. It's Jordan and Zach, and today we are joined by Elder Jones. What's up, Elder Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Elder, so, go ahead, Jordan. No, I was just going to say, Elder Jones is still set apart as a missionary. He is being quarantined due to the coronavirus, and I can tell he's a missionary because he has a vicious watch tan. Yes. He, <laughs> you can see, yeah. you can see, he's not wearing a collared shirt right now, so you can see the, the tan on his skin versus the, the whiteness just below the neckline. That's yeah. right. And so Elder Jones comes to us by way of Sao, Sao Paulo West. He was in serving in the Sao Paulo West mission just not even just five days, six days ago, you came home mm-hmm. and uh, you were home because of the coronavirus. And yeah. like, take us through that. Take us through the last two weeks. What's it been like? It was funny because we had just done weekly planning and we didn't have a ton of investigators at the time because I had just come into a new area actually with um with a new comp and so I didn't really know the area very well and I it was my first time being senior comp actually and so we were doing weekly planning and I was like okay well let's just just plan this week to you know make a bunch of novels meet a bunch of new people and knock a bunch of doors and so we went out and then we got a call uh, from our district leader and he goes elders um so this coronavirus thing is getting pretty bad and so we can't knock doors and we can't make street contacts with wow. anybody wow and so you're like oh that kind of ruins our <laughs> weekly planning <laughs> you know but um so we were only allowed to visit existing investigators and members okay and they were like Oh, elders, you really got to go to the members' houses and ask for references because you can still get references and visit references, but I guess it's referrals in English. (laughs) 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 Referrals. Referrals in the... So we went to a bunch of um, members and we begged for referrals, which is like (laughs) the worst thing to do on a mission. They hate doing that. And we got referrals and we went and we taught this great lesson with this lady and her son. And it was just, it was a really great lesson. They were really open to it. And uh, we walked out and we were like, that's a great lesson. We can't wait to come back again in a couple of days. And then we got a call that night. Elders, you can't visit anyone who doesn't have a baptism date. Oh my gosh. And we, we didn't set a baptism date with them. So bad missionaries, but <laughs> we only had one baptism date set, so we could only visit one investigator. And so it was kind of like we had nothing to do because he worked all day till like seven. <laughs> wow. 
So what was the general um, mindset of the of the of the public? Were they kind of worried about no. the coronavirus? Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, I served in Brazil, and I kind of would understand how it goes, but it was more or less um, that came from the the top down, right? It came from the mission president mm-hmm. saying he can only teach people. Uh-huh. There wasn't like nobody was on lockdown or anything like that. The no. public, nobody was. It was only really serious my last couple of days they were starting to like they had all these signs up i was in this city called Osasco. it was a really big city and they had all these signs up that the city had made just be like work from home yeah. it's a gesture of love <laughs> <You know? laughs> stuff like that they started to get a little more serious about it and by that point we weren't allowed to visit anyone wow and so we would just go to the store to buy more food because we thought that we were going to get, you know, locked in our apartments for like three months. Uh-huh. And we could go to the church to do like physical activities. And that was all we could do. And so. So by, from the time that you found out about coronavirus or you started seeing these restri- restrictions to the time you found out you were going home, was that just a couple of days? Just a few days, yeah. So like wow. you're, you're serving a normal mission, like everything's 100%. Like you said, we're sitting down having weekly planning, and then all of a sudden by the end of the week, you're on your way home. Yeah. Wow. What was the, I have so many questions. <laughs> what was the, what was the, the general mindset of like all of the other missionaries? Um, so was, we weren't, we didn't get the call that we were going home yet, but there was a missionary who was our zone leader and they're like, oh yeah, he already went home. And he was like, because he still had a transfer left. And but they're like, oh, oh but Elder Kililiki already went home. And it was like, oh, so like they're sending people home. You know, and everybody was like, what if we go home? You know, and, and you're like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. And everyone's like, <laughs> think about it. Air conditioning, cars. <laughs> <laughs> so they started to get a little bit more uh, like accepting, right? Yeah, that's and, nuts, though. Literally from one week to the next, you're... You're, I, I just couldn't imagine that. That would be so weird, bizarre. Yeah. And it was, it was wild because we were like still doing our thing kind of. We were prepping for the lockdown and then Sunday afternoon, they just gave us a call. Like, All the Americans are going home. Wow. And were you serving with an American at the time? Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, he was my only American cop in the field. And so we were both just kind of like, well, you know, what do we do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. what do we do with the rest of the day? And um, so we just kind of like, <laughs> it's funny because he had bought tons of flour for the quarantine. Yeah. Like, Why'd you buy so much Legal. flour? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to make bread. I'm going to make homemade bread. And so our last day together, he just made a bunch of homemade bread and we just ate homemade bread. (laughs) That's so funny. And then Monday night I was on a plane. That's I, and it's today is, this is Monday, the next week. Yeah. So you've been on a couple days. It's like not even a whole week. But still, I just feel, I felt like that's so insane that you, you just pack up and, Within a matter of days. See you later. Yeah. So what was the general feeling with the natives? Because the native elders and sisters stayed, right? Or are they Mm -hmm. still like on quarantine or? So it was funny because 
Both of the uh, both of the assistants were Americans, and the secretaries were two Americans and two Hispanics. So, all of like the leadership was very outside of Brazil, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, like these really young Brazilian missionaries are like AP and secretary <laughs> yeah. and zone leader, and they were kind of like. Oh, crap. <laughs> now, was your, was your mission president, was he American? Yeah, he's American and he's still there. Okay, so they kept the mission president. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, this is this has never happened. So this is live. This is yeah. happening now. So I kind of want to talk more about, we always talk about kind of the stories and kind of starting from the beginning. And, and we've talked a little, you know, a lot about this last two weeks and we'll kind of get there. But going back to you, you said you left in August. Mm-hmm. August, and first off, what's the full name of your mission? Brazil, Sao Paulo West, or Sao Paulo Westy. And you've been out eight months, roughly. Roughly eight months, yeah. So you left in August, been out eight months. Like, put us back in your shoes in August. What was your biggest concern going out on your mission? I think for a lot of missionaries, you get a lot of promises and you know, especially when you get set apart, you're like, and you're going to be a great missionary and this blessing, you know, and you get all these blessings, very powerful. And you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can, if this is going to work out, you know, do I, can I really live up to these, these things that you're saying? And they're like, and you'll be blessed with the gift of tongues and you'll be able to speak to the natives and be like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know any Portuguese, you know? And it was very, that was really my main concern is there was a lot that was promised to me. And I think every missionary, there's a lot that's promised to you when you go out. And it was kind of like, I see the promises, but I don't see how you get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it's so crazy because I've been in your ward for four years and to imagine, even for yourself, eight months ago, you weren't speaking Portuguese. Yeah. Now you're speaking Portuguese with Zach and I don't know what you guys are talking about, but on, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your Portuguese? Well, you only had natives, so I would assume it's pretty good. Yeah. I had mostly natives. I had one Argentine oh. and one American, but, um, yeah, my Portuguese is pretty broken because yeah. I was, you know, I had, uh, comps that just be like, Oh, <laughs> 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 I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> just like very street Portuguese, yeah. you know? And, and it was, I think it's funner because it's really nice what, how the people talk too. When I got to my American comp, he was like, Esto bem. I was like, no one says that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very, very proper. Very proper. And so, I don't know. I guess I was to the point where I could understand everyone, what they were telling me. Like, I had this conversation about import taxing with someone. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything about Gosh, this, but import. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know? that's cool. So you, you receive this this blessing for your mission, and you there's a lot of the, the gift of tongues and these other blessings and gifts that, that are being pronounced. What advice would you give to someone else that's received like a powerful blessing that isn't sure like how to see all the fruit of those blessings? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think a lot of it was just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. You look back and you're like, 
well, you know, it wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to be, but that blessing was definitely, it was real. Like I witnessed that, you know, you know, and you know, you might cut there and you got a blessing with the gift of tongues and you're like, this could be easy. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to work for it. You got to work for these things. Yeah. Definitely. So tell us about your first area. What was, what was the name of your first area? My first area was Ibiuna. Ibiuna. And I probably didn't pronounce that right. <laughs> and uh, who is your trainer? What was his name? My trainer was Elder Lucas Oliveira. And he had about a year on his mission and he had already trained another American. And Ibiuna is this really interesting area because our mission is really small. It's the smallest mission in Brazil, and it's like one of the smallest in the world. How really? is, how big is it, like end to end traveling hour wise, or so can you like walk it? Ibiuna is the last area, and to get to a zone conference, it was about a four hour bus ride, which is like and nothing I, compared to. I, I tried explaining this to Jordan because I always thought my mission was like the size of the entire United States because it would take from one end of the mission to the other was like almost I want to say eighteen to twenty hours. But then I looked it up on a map and it was only like, it was like here to San Francisco, like maybe in an American road, only like, I don't know, eight hours, 10 hours. Mm-hmm. But because the roads in Brazil are so like yeah. windy, you know, you think it's so close, but it's so far. Yeah. Mm. It was, Ibiuna is crazy because if you took Ibiuna out of the mission and you made it in like mission Ibiuna, it's bigger than the mission. Oh, wow. So it's, it's out there. It's out there and it's just tons of farms and uh, chakras. You're like, you know, little farms and weekend houses. And there's just one big, not big city, but there's one like city like where everyone works and stuff. And then all the neighborhoods are like out in the boonies kind of. And Elder Oliveira he bless his heart. He was only there for three weeks before I got there and it's a huge area. So he kind of like had no idea yeah, what was going on. in the fire. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't have a great experience, um, training the other American that he trained. So he was very like standoffish. Yeah. He like, he was great and we ended up being friends, but at the beginning it was kind of like, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Figure each other out. Yeah. It's kind of like a cat, like before it like lays down and like kind of fills it out. It's like, all right, like this is okay. Yeah. yeah. And how was that as like a green American getting thrust into this, this culture? Yeah. They speak a different language or with someone that he, he was a native of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember writing my mission president the first week. I <laughs> I don't think we share the same amount of urgency. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, That's like the yeah. way to say it. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, my Brazilian cops really showed me that, you know, you got to lighten up. You have to lighten up on the mission. And that was kind of a fight at the beginning. I was like, no, we're missionaries. It's serious business. We got to you know, do this and do this. And he was just like, no, other thank you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta relax. You gotta enjoy this, you know? Yeah. And that was always something that I really 
found. Don't worry. We can edit this out. <laughs> it should only ring once. That was always something that I found really admirable about Elderly Bear is that he was, you know, at first I was like, this guy doesn't work. This guy's lazy. But I came to realize, you know, what was important for him was to be friends with the person first. You know, he really wanted to get to know this person. Is like, you know, we didn't even teach a lesson that visit. What are you doing? He's like, yeah. no, but like we needed to know that stuff about them, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was, and all the Brazilians were kind of more like that, you know, you have to establish a relationship with this person and then conversion will come. Totally. And so having that and learning that early on in your mission, how did that, how did that impact your next companion? Who was an additional native, right? My next companion was the Argentine elder, gotcha. elder Zarzur. And I actually switched. I only stayed in Ibuna with Elder Oliveira for one transfer. Oh, wow. And then I switched trainers to Elder Zarzur because none of the Americans that were coming that transfer got their, got their visas. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. our area was a... Two dupla area. So there's four missionaries in there and they had to cut it down to two. Gotcha. So I got shipped out to this other area called Kalkaya. And I love Kalkaya so much. This is my favorite area. This is the area I spent the longest amount of time in. And it was just, but at the beginning, Elder Zarzur was just like, he was kind of a nut. He was this kid from Argentina who had lived 10 years in the U.S. Oh, wow. So, his so he spoke Eng- pretty good English. Yeah, okay. his English was great. And so I was like, oh, yeah, English. <laughs> great. Yeah. Makes it a little easier. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I, he just talked about all the stuff he misses about the U.S. And I was like, it's like, I miss mac and cheese. <laughs> I miss, you know, even sidewalks. And uh, and it's like the little things. And I was like, hey, Wyatt, but why'd you leave the U.S.? He goes, oh, I got deported. Oh, I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. Wow. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We were living there illegally, but like half his family are U.S. citizens and half aren't. And so he was a very interesting kid. You said you loved the second area. It, you were there a long time. How, how many transfers were you there for? Two and a half. Two and a half. That was the longest I stayed in an area. Wow. And what what made you love this area? Um, this area is just super cool because, one, the members are amazing there. There was a member, it was uh, Arlenian Hujeri Lessa. And we could always just go to their house and they'd always be like, oh, elders. And we would go to their house and they'd give us shamach and uh, we'd just talk with them. And they had these little kids that were so funny and we'd always mess with the little kids. And it was just very like all the members there felt like my Brazilian family kind of, you know. And, you know, I finally felt like I had set, you know, my roots down somewhere a little bit. Because I was only there in my first area for six weeks. And so like Kalkaya really started to feel just like home. I was like, I knew the area really well. I knew the ward really well. And I just like, I had it figured out. Yeah. And it sounds awesome that to me, the work goes up and down. But if you make those relationships with the members, 
and like regardless of the, where the work is, like you always have friends at church. Yeah, it's always a good time, that, and they become family. Uh-huh. And I For don't. Sure. I mean, I'm sure it was like this down in the south, but in Elder Jones had even said it. Brazilians are very much get to know them as friends first, right? So I felt like as soon as I I made that switch in my mission, and I had talked about this on another episode, as soon as I started investing more time in the members, like my missionary work just took off. Yeah. Right. And, but it took me a little bit, just like you, you know, it took me a little bit to get to that point where I'm like, I feel like I got everything figured out and it makes it so much easier. Um, and, and when the members know that you're working hard, right. Mm-hmm. And then they love you. And then there's always food. Like you said, you yeah. go to their house and there's always something to drink. And yeah. there's just some, some wards or, or some areas have a different relationship with elders. But I think a lot of it has to do with how elders interact with the ward members themselves. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's always fun getting to an area in Brazil and like, oh yeah, those last elders, they were Fubecas. Yeah. I love they'll, the- <laughs> they'll tell you straight up. They'll be like, yeah, elder so-and-so, like he's not welcome in this house. Like, yeah. They're such slackers. Fubeca, Fubeca means um, they're just a slacker. Yeah. Fube- it's slang. I love the word Fubeca because <laughs> you know where it comes from? Yeah. Um, it's a mixture of the words fumar, beber, and cafe, which is to smoke, to drink, and coffee. Oh, I, uh, that's not what I was told, but oh, really? that sounds cooler. <laughs> though, I, though I, uh, for all the return missionaries who are from Brazil out there are just like laughing right now because they haven't heard that word in a million years. Fubeca to me was, it stands for fullback, like in football, fullback. He doesn't oh, really okay. do much. He yeah. just kind of runs around and blocks. So fullback. Fubeca. I don't know. Yeah. And I was, I'm always like, what's like the English word for Fubeca? And the members would be like apostate. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, hey. I don't know about that. Fubeca. Fubeca. Yeah. But yeah, we would say that all the time. I got We'll say more Fubeca. Fina slacker. So as, as you were meeting members, you're in Brazil, you're in a new country, eating new foods. What were some of the foods that were weird or new to you? So I don't know if... You had this in Brazil, but they call it, I think it's couscous paulista. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would eat it for breakfast. But is, have you had the oh, couscous pa- paulista? paulista? I don't know. What is it? It's like a couscous cake, but they got boiled eggs and sardines in it. Oh, no. I never had that. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. Nasty. Is this we, like a cornbread kind of cake? Like not a sweet kinda, cake? It, it kind of is. is. I would, I would, the only thing I could compare it to is, is it's kind of like cornbread. But like I would it. I would pour cous- couscous on my plate and mix it with milk. Couscous is like the circular, it's a pasta, right? No. Or, or is it green? Uh, it's like, it's like quinoa, right? It's real small. Corn stuff. Like it, the, clo- the closest thing to it is, is probably cornbread. It's not couscous like you know here in America. Okay. But uh, it's really weird. But I had a really tough mission. Like pouring it on a plate and then adding milk to it was definitely not the way to make it. So uh, <laughs> I had. Kind of like Brazilian comps that were like, oh yeah, couscous, man. That stuff's the best. And I would <laughs> eat their couscous and I'd be like, this doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. You know, I'm just eating nothing. And they'd be like, no, no, you got to put coconut on it. And like, okay, well, it still doesn't taste like anything. It just has some coconut yeah, in it's, it. It's really weird. I don't have very many words to describe it. Uh, so other than that, were, were there some foods that you loved? Yeah. Cuxinhas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. They're the like deep fried teardrops with chicken in the middle. <laughs> I always described them as homemade hot pockets. Yeah. Homemade hot pockets. <laughs> that sounds or, good. Yeah. Pastel. Pastel. Yeah. Or um, 
Anytime a member invited you for Shuhasko, that was the best day. What's Shuhasko? Shuhasko is just barbecue. Brazilian barbecue. And they go all out. Yeah. And like all the members go all out and they buy tons of meat and you just tons of meat on your plate and they, you know, get their three liters of Coke out and they're like, <laughs> yeah. ah, yeah. Did and you, did you like Guarana? I love Guarana. Yeah. Guarana is the best. And I love, um, how many different kinds of Guarana there like Guarana Jesus. Oh, I, in my mission, there was Guarana Antarctica and that was it. And then Quach. Oh yeah, question. <laughs> These are drinks, or yeah. So yeah. they're just different versions. Like it, it would be the the Pepsi version of Guadana versus the Coke version of Guadana. Okay, and this yeah. is like a fruity drink or like a. You never had Guadana? <laughs> I have never even heard of the word. <laughs> so did you serve in the uh, Brazilian MTC? Yes. So I remember the first day getting Guadana. They used to have it on tap. I don't know if they had it there anymore. Yeah. And we all drank it in our district, and we're like, "What is?" This? And I remember one elder specifically, Elder Tasso goes. What is this carbonated apple juice concoction? <laughs> it's a weird. It, it doesn't taste like Coke. It doesn't taste like Pepsi. It tastes like Guarana. Yeah, it's like I'll get you some. It's really good. Is it's it? Good. Well, it sounds like Manzana Light or whatever. No, like the, no, no. Mex- well, that, that was Mexico the only thing apple. you could. That's the only thing that we could. It's the closest the, comparison. Yeah, this looks like Manzanita Soul, but it's not. But yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's like, and it's interesting too because it's almost like you taste the Guarana and then like the carbonation comes after. It's like they're like separate kind things, of like different kind of. kick. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really good. I, I, I really enjoy it. So you're again in Brazil. You, you've been in your second area. You meet some, you know, some members, and you have new companions. Who was a companion that was a great example to you? So, I learned a lot from all of them, and some of them it was learning, you know, what not to do. <laughs> some of them, it was really just so much fun and so I was part of an emergency transfer because a Brazilian finally got his visa to go to a different country so I had been in Calcaia the longest and at this point I was in Calcaia and I was in a dupla and there was a trio in the same area so there was five of us in the same area oh, okay and I had the most time there in Calcaia and um so they were like well Elder Jones, it's you. You got to go, you know? And so... What, did that hurt when you got that news? Yeah. And you love like, that area. Come on. You're <laughs> kidding me, you know? Especially when it's like an emergency <laughs> transfer. It's like, just let me ride it out. Yeah. And so I got uh, three weeks in this tiny, tiny area called Elena Maria. And I was with this guy, Elder Conceição. And this guy is just wild. He's... He came on the mission and he with he was twenty five, nice already, and he was just like, yeah, you can ask me anything, anything. I've done it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I left the church when I was about, you know, seventeen, eighteen, because I didn't want to serve a mission at all. And he was like, uh, you know, prostitution. I've done it. You know, like all these crazy things. I'm like, wow. oh, okay, wow, <laughs> cool. And he's like, just ask me anything and. Um, so he was just like, like, I remember we were, get, we got burgers one night cause we stopped by the sign. I was like, oh, mail your burger. The mundo. I was like, oh, best burger in the world. We gotta try this. Yeah. <laughs> and so we stopped and we tried it and they had a bunch of beers out and I was just like, which one of these beers tastes the best? And he goes, well, they all taste terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, but 
But the Heineken is the best tasting one. But they're all terrible. <laughs> so what? What do you know? What it was that kind of brought him back? Because I had a companion very similar that served. And I think my companion, when I was companions with him, he was twenty six. And mm. it's very interesting. That's right there on this. the cutoff. Yeah, like I well, I was his companion. He left when he was twenty five. I was his companion when he was twenty six. Okay, but. They're a different breed, right? They're a lot more mature. Yeah. Those are some of the best missionaries. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm getting to yeah. is they're just like, they're there for the right reason. And they're there. Like your companion obviously left the church and then something strong enough that. to strong complete enough to, 180. Yeah. So he'd always talk about his motorcycle accident. Like he got in this motorcycle accident and he woke up and he's just kind of like, you know, I, I got to do something good with my life, you know? Yeah. And so he came back and at that point he had been living with this girl that he was not married to. And he was like, I'm going to go back. I can't live with you anymore, but I still love you. And she, she's like, okay. And then she went and got baptized too. And, oh, wow. Uh, and so he came out and he was super strong. And then those three weeks that I was with him is this girl that got baptized. And when he came back to the church, she started emailing and was like, going back to parties. I don't want to go to the church anymore. Oh, and oh no. he was just kind of like, well, you know, that's really sad, but if you don't want to go to the church, then uh, we can't be together. Okay. Bye. Oh. And I was like, what? Like, you want to talk about this? Like this kind of sad stuff. And he goes, yeah, I'm sad, but you know, it's whatever. Well, I think, <laughs> I I think like, that what? just wow. kind of goes to show like the level of conversion, that commitment. Yeah. yeah. Commitment. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll figure it out later. Like I'm here for the right reason. Mm -hmm. He was definitely, you know, there is always an element of, he's like, I just want to be your best. He'd always say that. I want to be your best friend, Elder Jones, whatever you want to do. I want to do, you know, if you want to sleep all day, let's sleep all day. But if you want to go out and knock doors all day, let's do that. And he's just always very, he was there to do the work and he was very invested in other people. Mm -hmm. And whenever we would go and visit members or uh, investigators, I'd only been there three weeks and he had only been there three weeks before I showed up, but he had already made these amazing relationships with these people. He was already so close with these people. And I was like, how'd you do it? You know? Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, everyone's just my best friend. And I just never heard him say a bad thing about anyone it's powerful powerful missionary that's a that's like that's a secret weapon right there if everyone's your best friend you're gonna love your mission yeah and, and people are gonna love you and want to hear what you have to say exactly yeah it's awesome hearing that because i it's just it's one of our i mean you'll hear it in our intro is to remind the return right and you telling the story is like reminding me about my companion Elder Francisco and Hewitt led the older one and just how much he did the same thing. He just loved everybody and how important that was to the work in the area that we were, we were in and just in missionary work in general is just love, literally love everybody. Mm -hmm. we, we've kind of hinted on, or at least you have about some of the, the trials that you experienced or some of the challenges that you felt Heavenly Father helped you overcome. It, well, especially right now, you know, yeah. in this intermission it was always from the very beginning of my mission, it was buy into my plan. And I remember, so when I was in Kalkaya, I was in Kalkaya one 
for two transfers, and I loved Kaukaya one, but there were two wards, two wards. in okay. Kaukaya. Yeah. And so I had just... I just finished killing an elder that was going home. Yeah. Yeah. I always <laughs> love hearing that in English. Just, and we always have to clarify that to kill an elder means that you were his last companion. I, sent, his last him compa- I sent him home. You did not actually kill someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. I get to stay at least one more transfer here in Kokaya 1 because I loved the area and I was the only one there, you know? And so he goes, yeah, you're going to be comps with Elder Silva? who had already uh, spent a long time in Kalkaya 1. So he also knew the area really well and knew all the members. And he was just this great guy. He was just the funnest guy. And he's, so I was like, oh, yeah, we're gonna, me and Elder Silva, Kalkaya 1. It's going to be awesome. He goes, and you're going to be Kalkaya 2. And I was like. Oh, so you just absorbed an area. No, no, you. Oh, got, you, you, you switched. Got, area. I switched. Oh, I, was okay. living, I was living in the same house. I saw the same people every day, but I could not go visit them. I had to go visit the new ward and mm-hmm. I had to go work in their areas. And I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. President me and Silva know Kalkaya one perfectly. We know all the members. We already have relationships with them. And he's like, yeah, well you're going to show Kalkaya one to this elder Abbott who was our zone leader, but he came and started training in Kalkaya one. So you're going to show the area to him. And then he's going to train there and you're going to be in Kalkai 2 with Silva. I was like, it's kind of not fair, you know, like it doesn't really make sense. And he, he kind of just burned me. Yeah. He sent me a, I sent them this long this letter. This president that. Yeah. He just sent him this super long letter and he just goes, no, well, I didn't call it. I didn't call this, you know, God did. Yeah. So like, <laughs> do you know better than God? And I was like, oh no, I don't, <laughs> you know. And it ended up being, I was only in Kalkaya 2 for three weeks, but it ended up being just a really amazing experience. And I was just, every day I was so happy to be in Kalkaya 2. I was like, this is awesome. This, that day was awesome. And I was just like, you know, God's plan is perfect. I just got to buy into this plan, you know? Yeah. And if I had not established that or, had, you know, learned that throughout my mission, I think this time, this intermission, mm-hmm. you know, would be a lot harder because it, it it's a lot of just buy into my plan. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the, the awesome part is your story is not over, right? Is you had eight months in Brazil, but you're going to have so much more time somewhere else, right? Yeah. And then that again, that you have that understanding of the buy into my plan that you're like, okay, like this is the way it is. This is how, um, this is my mission, right? This is yeah. my experience. That's awesome that, that you had that understanding from early, very early on and how little things like getting switched between one zone to the next kind of puts that into concrete, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It has prepared you for being switched from Brazil to the U S. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's very interesting to see when you, when you take a step back and you look at all the different things that have happened on your mission or in your life that got you to where you are right now. And it's like, Oh, okay. That totally made sense that that happened. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So you've been back for, or been, you've been here for six, seven days. What do you miss most about your mission? No, oh, a schedule <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, you know, get up at six 30, start personal study, 
at eight, start comp study at nine, out the door at 10, you know? And it was, you know, just the amount of people that you got to meet in one day is, it's amazing. Yeah. Really? That you get to meet people you would never even think you'd ever come in contact with. It's just like, and it's a daily basis thing. And that's kind of like, especially the world that I was living in in Brazil is not where I'm at now. You know, I came in, not only did I come back to the U S but I came back to a U.S. that's very different. You know, everyone's on edge. Everyone's in quarantine. It's like, you know, I was in this little fantasy land in Brazil. It's <laughs> like loving it. It's almost like you're time. like, did that really even happen? Like, yeah. was I really there? Yeah. Out. This is like, was that real? It almost seems like a dream. So looking back, like what, what have you learned about yourself since going into the MTC since August? Like, yeah, just something that you learned that you didn't know before. Yeah. Um, I always liked having friends and I liked, you know, meeting new people, but really in the mission, it was establishing relationships with relationships with people is really important to me. Like that was really something I learned from, you know, my first comp, my first Brazilian comp and from all my comps, they just showed me just like, once you have established a relationship with someone, you know, like, that's a friend for life. That's like someone. And that was always something that I was like, Oh yeah, it's cool. You know, friends, you know, but it's like <laughs> friends. <laughs> you know, I friend. have a few. It's okay. Uh, yeah. But like, it was always like, you know, I'm still talking to people in Brazil. I'm still talking to comps that I had. And the, those relationships are really important to me. And something that was really something that I worked hard in to like buy into as well. And the mission was, um, before the mission, I wouldn't say I was lazy, but I was more just afraid to do certain things. I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Why, why were you afraid? Just like, I was more afraid that it wasn't going to get the reaction that I wanted. It wasn't going to be accepted the way I wanted it to be. And so because of that, I really stepped away from a lot of things, you know, a lot of things that were probably going to be good things. I stepped away from those things. And in the mission, it was, you know, no one's going to make this happen for you, but you, yeah, you've got to be the one that goes out and does this. Or else you're just, and it talks about this in the manual too. It's like, if you're going on the mission for a vacation, if you're going on a mission, just I think to, it's a Brigham Young quote. Yeah. Yeah. To just be like a passerby, you know, yeah. you're not going to get anything out of it. And so it was very, you know, I had to tell myself a lot. It's just like the only person that's going to make this, you know, the best two years of your life is you, you got to make this what it is. And so through that, you know, I wouldn't say that, I was perfect at anything, but I was going and I was doing these things and I was realizing that I was more capable than I had previously thought. You know, And it was almost like, Hey, I can do this kind of stuff. You know, I can go out and I can do this. And, you know, and I think that's what was most interesting to me was that I was enjoying it more than those, like the easy road that I had taken all my life. It was like, 
you know, getting down and dirty and working hard, that was funner. So much more satisfaction. Yeah. yeah was, a lot more rewarding. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I'd rather do this than do what I was doing at home, you know, just like, well, you know, it's not in the car. It's not going to work out. You know, I just, I won't even try. It's like, you got to go, you got to go do it. Yeah. Definitely invigorating missionary work. Um, I was going to ask, how has your testimony of your heavenly father and Jesus Christ changed on your missions from eight? I, again, eight, I always do the eight months ago, but like you, you change some, like you come in and you're like, Oh, I, I think I know stuff. And you do like, you, you have a simple testimony, but things change and, and grow with time and experience. Uh, I think I had a really, I had one week where it just hit me really hard that I'd, I had been reading Jesus, the Christ. <laughs> That'll and, do I, it. and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. You know? And you know, I don't know if I had, I could ever read that book before my mission, but on my mission, I was like, this book is amazing, you know? And I was teaching this guy um, and he was always just like, yeah, I'm feeling really lonely and I'm not feeling accepted. And I was reading Jesus the Christ and I, it just kind of clicked. It was like inclusion is what the gospel is. Being included is what Jesus is all about. You know, Jesus never excluded anyone. It was come follow me. You know, it was never, ah, oh, that guy's weird. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. don't want to talk to that guy. They, they think differently or dress he's got tattoos. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got, he doesn't want to go to church, you know, but the gospel is inclusion. And I was just like, wow. And then I started thinking about my life before the mission. I was like, dang it. You know, <laughs> you know, when have I excluded someone, you know, we've, we've all done it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was like, that's just not from God. Exclusion is not from God. And the gospel, that was really what hit me hardest in Brazil is the gospel is all about including others. It's awesome. And that's such a, such a true statement for missionaries and, and for members. We can't ever look at someone and say like, oh, they're not interested. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. They could be an awesome member and instrument in Heavenly Father's hands. Mm -hmm. um, so let's kind of talk more about the coronavirus. Like what's, what's affecting you the most with the coronavirus other than being, the virus? The, other, yeah, <laughs> other than you're not in Brazil. Yeah. Cause you're still talking to, you said you're still talking to members and, and, um, some people that you'd worked with uh -huh. and that's through an app or are you doing like a video WhatsApp. call or. Yeah. They all, well, they all use WhatsApp in Brazil. Brazil is run on WhatsApp, which I didn't <laughs> even know was a thing yeah. before I got there. I was like, what's WhatsApp? That's but, funny. Um, yeah, I've been talking to comps and people I'd met and, um, they're all just living life and I'm just kind of sitting here. I'm like, you know, it seems pretty normal over there. Like, why did I have to come back? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the question. And every night it's like, can you just help me understand just a little more, you know? And, you know, it's just the answer every time. It's just kind of like, remember, you know, you got to buy into my plan, right? Ellie Jones, <laughs> you know? I was like, I know you're right, but it's just a lot of, 
what it was is you get out there and you're like, okay, Brazil for two years. I'm going to be here for two years. It's going to be two years and I'm going to come home and I'm going to go to school. And that's the plan. And you have a plan set out for you for a couple of years, you know? And now it's, it's eight months and you're back. <laughs> yeah. What's next? Yeah. You don't know. I'm curious to know if, if your mission president left any, any, you know, as you were leaving, if he's, if he left anything with you that really helped you through this did, process. Did you see your mission president before you left or they just sent you straight he, to the... So we went to the mission office and I don't even think he was there. I think I think the APs took a video of everyone singing I'm a child of God oh, really? in Portuguese and they're like, oh, president's going to love this. And Oh yeah, he, he might have been in another area or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and really what it was is he gave us a phone call and he talked to me for five minutes and he talked to my comp for five minutes because he had just so many people I'm to sure. get in touch oh. with. Yeah. And, uh, I guess I didn't think of it that way. You're one of how many, do you know how many came home? I don't know the exact number, but there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was on a plane with Sao Paulo West, Sao Paulo Sul and Sao Paulo Interlagos. So wow. Three, three Sao Paulo missions. Sheesh. And so there's a lot of people I had to get in contact with. And so, you know, it wasn't really like the goodbye that I wanted, but it was like five minutes. It was like, remember all that you got here and then ask Heavenly Father why it was just eight months. And so I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out why it was just eight months. But every day I remember just a little more, just like one little memory of Brazil. Like, wow, that was so great. I can't believe that I got to be there, you know? And that's something throughout my mission, I would just be like, there was one day that it was just pouring rain and we were just out in the middle of nowhere, just pouring rain. <laughs> we're all nodding. We're like, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like trying to run to a bus stop and my comp's all mad. And I was just smiling. I was like, he's like, what are you smiling about? I was like, oh, cause we're the only ones that get to do this. Yeah. We're the only ones out here today doing this, you know? And so a lot of now being home, it's just remembering those people, remembering those experiences that I got to have, you know? And not everyone gets, no one gets to have those experiences that I got to have because I was the one there. Yeah. You showed up. Yeah. So you were anxiously engaged you were working, you were moving all the time, seeing, engaging with people, building close relationships, and now you're stuck at home. And I imagine that Satan is trying to discourage you or maybe um, like weave lies into you. Are there any lies that you like kind of th- thoughts that come that you're like, oh, I got to blow this off like that. Another missionary might need to hear like, oh, someone else has, has had that thought as well. Well, um, a lot of the rumors going around is like, this is it, guys. Like, we're going to get to general conference and President Nelson is just going to say, whatever you served, that was your mission. And I'm always like, well, what if it is? Yeah. You know, what if it is just that? What if my mission is just eight months and I have to be the guy that, you know, everyone serves two years, I served eight months. And I think sometimes I get really down about that. I was like, what if, you know? And I... I think the word that comes to my mind a lot is unfair. Mm. It's unfair what happened because everyone gets two years in their mission Mm -hmm. and I got eight months, you know, that's unfair. 
And I think that's not the right way to think of it, but oftentimes that's the word that comes to mind is it's unfair. Yeah. So let's, let's walk through this. Like what is the right way to think about it? It, It's just buying into the plan. (laughs) Buying into the plan. Buying into the plan. I love it. I love how that is just so simple, but it's the truth. It impacted you in such a way that you always go back to that. Right. And I know you're, you're very young and you're halfway through your mission, right? Or not even halfway through your mission, but I'll tell you, you will go back to that when you have two kids, when you have three kids and you have a mortgage, you know, and you have to find a job. I'm so happy that you know and understand that now. And I want you to never forget that (laughs) because I had to learn it at a different point in time in my life, but I know it now and I'll never forget it. But just know, I guess I'm like on my soapbox right now, giving you words of wisdom. And to anybody else out there who's listening, just know that's that's perfect. Buy into his plan. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. It's so like Jordan said. It's so simple, but sometimes it could be very difficult. And I like to think it was like I was so happy in Brazil. Like I got it figured out. I was senior comp, and my language was great. You know, I was like, yeah, figured it out. And. My my uh, president was like, yeah, you might train next transfer. I was like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> and now it's just very, I can't remember the talk, but what comes to my mind a lot is the story about the man who was passed up for the, yeah. Dallin for, H. Oaks? Um, it was his it was nephew? Hugh Nibley. It, his son it, or nephew? It's been referenced multiple times. There's a general that was a member of the church and he was supposed to get a promotion. Yeah. And he didn't get it. And then he... He also talks about cutting down a, or is Detod yeah. Christopherson quoting Hugh Nibley? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he just talks about it like, I'm the gardener and you're going to be great, but I'm going to cut you down right now so that you can be great. And that's a, a lot of, you know, I'm the gardener, you know, yeah. buy into my plan. I'm the gardener. Or even like what we learned in Isaiah. What was it last month with the, the vineyard in the book of Mormon oh, study? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Jacob five. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and, and sharing your experiences. And, and I'm sure there's going to be other missionaries. We want to get this out. So people that are quarantined can listen to your experience and, and know like, yeah, you are struggling with these things. Like we never want to sugarcoat the difficulties that we have, but overall we always want to leave that there's hope and that there's going on mission was a positive experience and it's not over. And even if your mission, even let's say worst case, scenario general conference comes and president Nelson says, we're going to cut all the mission short. Like you're every member missionary. Like it doesn't mean you're done doing missionary work. It doesn't mean you're done feeling the joy of the gospel in your life, the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. And I I think I, I was putting myself in your shoes. If I was home and I heard that during general conference, based on what you've told me and some of the experiences that you've shared with us, I know that you have, you served a good mission. You enjoyed it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes to, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, might take that time for granted or any time, any calling they have of how important it is to serve and have fun serving. And I think you, you're a good example of that. You're a great example because you were sad to be home. If you come home for your mission and you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. It's like, you should miss it. Like yeah. it's, a, it's an awesome experience. And I think this was just a thought that came to me. We're preparing for general conference. President Nelson's asked us to prepare and re- remember the restoration and 
and Joseph Smith, it, you can't say restoration and not mention Joseph Smith in the same sentence. Joseph Smith was once imprisoned at Liberty Jail for a long time. Yeah. And it he didn't understand why he was quarantined, so to speak. And I think this is an opportunity for us as members and as missionaries that, that are quarantined to kind of relate to him. Like, he was like, why is this going on? And section 121 is this beautiful discourse on like buying to the plan. Yeah. 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 And yeah, my parents trying to cheer me up. was like, all the great missionaries had some downtime. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. Paul, <laughs> and Sons of Mosiah, they were locked up for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not alone being in prison. Yeah. That's for sure. You're in good, great company. That's awesome. Again, Elder Jones, we appreciate you coming on. I think one thing that we've always done for people who have always come home is we've asked them to share their testimony in their native language. Or not in their native language, but in the language they learned on their mission. Would you be willing to bear your testimony in Portuguese? Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is the freshest testimony. Então, para mim, aqui o mais importante de tudo é que o nosso Senhor Jesus Cristo ele ele sofreu para nós. Ele ele sentiu tudo que nós nos sentimos. Então, para mim, tudo que está acontecendo na minha vida, agora, ele já sentiu. Ele já, já sofreu por, por isso. Então, realmente, agora, Jesus Cristo, ele, ele é a única pessoa que eu posso um, Eu posso falar com, com essa pessoa e falar o que eu, eu tô sentindo, porque ele já sentiu. Eu, mas eu tenho muitos am amigos que ele está sentindo a mesma coisa. E na minha missão, é a coisa mais interessante é que ninguém... Uh, ninguém precisa sofrer sozinho. Tipo, eu tenho muitos amigos que tá voltando para casa também. E essas pessoas, talvez eu posso ajudar ou talvez eles vão ajudar para mim, mas essas pessoas essas pessoas realmente Posso, posso me ajudar muitas pessoas. E a igreja é sempre sobre ajudando uh, todos nós, um de outro. E desculpa por meu português, porque oh, já <risos> só foi oito meses lá, mas é, eu, eu amo o Brasil, eu amo uh, brasileiros e eu já já tenho saudade de, de deles e tipo eu tenho saudade de as coisas muito pequenas tipo meu, meu companheiros falando tchau tchau bundão <risos> e coisas assim e todas as coisas pequenas São as bênçãos. São as coisas que a gente precisa, realmente. 
Eu, eu deixo esse, esse testemunho em nome de ter Jesus Cristo. Amém. Amém. Amen. Elder Jones, thank you for coming. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me.